2: Live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Back at it. I told you, these in-between shows keep getting <laughs> shorter and shorter. Here we are again on a Friday night. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Glad you're a part of the show as always. Slick Rick going to do sports. Rick Delgado's going to do the news. What even is that? Hi. One of my new favorite segments here on the show. That's coming up top of the hour. Don't miss that. Harry on the highway spinning the bones. (laughs) Spinning tracks again. Spinning the bones? Ah. What? Fran holding it down on the big board. Harry's already drinking. (laughs) Two minutes into the show.
3: He thinks he's pit bull. I mean Red bull. Wow.
2: Harry's uh, sucking him down already. Oh, yeah. It should be. By the time we get to segment six or seven, it'll be interesting what the music will be. We'll see. Oh,
1: it'll, it'll, it'll just be Harry singing. It'd
3: be house music. We'll,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll see what the music is later in the second hour. So glad you're a part of the show. Lots to do. Ben Berkwam coming up from, uh, well, God knows where. Uh, I think he's back in the States.
1: Just someplace safe, we hope.
2: And I think he just came across the border. Well, like, kind of like everybody is. So I, I don't think he had any problems. <laughs> Uh, maybe he had more problems getting back in than, than than everyone who wants to get in because it's just a disaster. Here's the new game you can play, by the way. Um, the new game you can play every each and every day. Um, not that you want to do this when you're all working and whatever, but, um, you could listen to the press briefing room and you can play the game of what that's coming out of her mouth is not a lie. Try to find something. That's how bad it's gotten. Try to find something that's not a lie, because I listened to her today driving in the car, and I was literally laughing out loud at the responses. She'd get a question like, um, "Well, what are we going to? What's going to happen at the uh, at the border?" and and whatever her first sentence is to whatever the question was was the most outrageous lie. Well, you know, the border is very secure, so Biden's, uh, what are we going to do about the debt ceiling? Well, you know, the president loves to uh, cut spending. He's cut the deficit. What are we going to do about this? Well, you know, Biden's the smartest guy in the room. I mean, every single thing she was asked, whatever the first thing she responded with, was the most outrageous, laughable I mean, it just makes you want to drive your car into the nearest... I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was laughing out loud, thinking, I, this, is, this is like a comedy show at this point. And every single reporter, I mean, I know why they don't do it, because they're all there in the tank, kind of. Although I think a lot of them are getting sick of her, too. I really do. But um, when they talk about the debt ceiling, there's not one of them who can say to her, When we keep saying default, like as if we're not going to make the bond payment on the interest on the debt, that's not true. That's never, ever, ever going to happen. But not one of them will say to her, Corinne, isn't it true that with $400 billion coming into the federal coffers every month, when you say default, default, first time ever default, first of all, it's not the first time ever. Second of all, we're not going to default on the specific bond payment on the debt, because there's nothing stopping the Treasury Secretary from saying, I'm taking forty billion dollars of the four hundred that came in and we're paying the bond payment. And then I'm taking this and then we're paying Medicare. And then I'm taking this and we're paying Social Security. And then we're paying the veteran. And we're we're paying the things that by the 14th Amendment that they like to turn around and say, oh, well, it says the, the debt show the validity of the debt should not be questioned. That, that means the Treasury Tech Secretary, there's nothing stopping her from paying the debt. There's enough money coming in every month to make the bond payment on the debt. The idea that that's not going to be made is ridiculous. But she never gets asked the question in that way. She just says, oh, default, this default's coming. I can't, two weeks away, the world's going to fall apart. Everything's going to hell. Oh, the the stock market's going, your 401k, we're going to default on the debt. No, you're not. No, you're not. There's more than enough money to pay the interest on the debt. There's more than enough money for the Treasury Secretary to pay the things that are compelled by the 14th Amendment. That's a fact. But it never gets framed like that to her. Never. She just goes on spewing the, oh, doomsday is coming. And the reporters either don't know, don't want to know, or have no interest in posing that question to
0: her.
1: No, I, I think they know. They just, they, that's not part of the narrative. The narrative is we got to scare the hell out of the American people and make them pretend that it's, the world's going to fall. The sky is going to crumble. Uh, everything's going to default. Uh, grandma won't get her social security check. Everybody's going to die. Because if you don't do that, how can you how can you win the narrative? You yeah, have but I'm not sure
2: that works when the, most people know at least they know that the Republicans passed a debt uh, ceiling uh, raise along with stopping the increase in spending going forward.
1: Yeah, but when you have the news constantly telling them that's not true or this is what the truth is. Most of them don't have the time to look, don't have the time to read up on this stuff, don't have the time. They, they, all they do is they see the headline. They're like, oh, Jesus, here we go again. These people, they, they, they're, they're going to drive us into, into debt. They're going to make everything cr- collapse and crash. And what do they do? Well, of course, anytime there is a shutdown, they send the cameras out. Oh, let's park it in front of uh, the, the federal buildings that they have gates up in front of to show, look, it's really shut down. The government isn't working. You're all about to die. Because that's all it is. But meanwhile, they don't realize that, I think it's what, 18% of everything that we have to pay for through the federal government, that it's only 18% or a very small percentage that actually can be withheld. Like, all right, we don't have to do this. We can withhold from that because they aren't necessities. They aren't supposed, there's no, there's no, um, there's nothing compelling it, compelling them to make those payments. You know, like you mentioned with the 14th Amendment, they're compelled by law to make payments on the debt. They're not compelled to, to you know, well, we can't fund this white paper about the uh, the blue turtle out in, in Mongolia because, uh, you know, it didn't pass. We need the debt ceiling raised. All the all the garbage is the stuff they won't get to pay for. That's what they're upset about.
2: I see the Treasury secretary go on these shows. CNBC and alike. I see these guests come on CNBC in the morning. I like Joe Kernan a lot. I like his politics. I like his financial news. I like a lot of what he does. He had guests on this morning talking about this exact same thing, and still, nobody says, "Yeah, but not making the bond payment is is not really that's not up for debate." There's nothing com- that that's not on the table. If that never gets said. It's, it's just amazing that it never gets said to any of these guests who come on. Oh, two weeks left. I don't know. Let's hope, uh, let's hope we don't have to default. So, of course, we've been telling you this on this show, and I keep telling you that you need the language you are going to hear, and that's exactly what you've been hearing. And to the point of people not paying attention, like Rick said, I, I understand. I guess I, f- for the most part, agree with the, the sense of people are working, doing things. They can't pay close attention like we pay or, or you know. But people are paying somewhat attention. And I'll tell you what, how I know this, or at least seems to be, is the Daily Mail this morning has a, a new poll out. Majority of Americans, including the majority of Democrats, now say that Joe and Hunter's business deals and links to this alleged bribery scheme are extremely serious. Biden-Gate gets real, as new poll shows half of Democrats believe influence-peddling scheme is a scandal. 69% of U.S. voters say they're taking Biden-Gate seriously. That goes for most independents and nearly half of Biden's own Democrats. Steve Bannon quote this morning, it's the American people awakening to this kind of stuff. Seven in 10 Americans say an alleged bribery and influence peddling scheme laid out by James Comer involving President Joe Biden, his son Hunter, and other family members amounts to a scandal new polling out today shows. The Rasmussen Reports survey comes as House Republicans ratchet up their probe into allegations that the Bidens received millions of dollars in payments from foreign entities in China and Romania. The nationwide poll of nearly a thousand voters found that 69% said alleged foreign influence peddling by the Bidens was a serious scandal with more than half calling it very serious. Worse still for the president, it's not just Republican voters who see impropriety here. Nearly nine in 10 Republican voters call out wrongdoing by the Bidens. But the same goes for some three quarters of independents and nearly half of the supporters of the president's own Democratic Party. Steve Bannon, a top ally of former President Donald Trump, who is running to become Biden's Republican challenger in 24, said the poll showed how voters are now waking up to Biden's dodgy dealings. And uh, there's a poll here. They show some polls here that go along with it. Uh, It's the American people awakening to this kind of stuff, Bannon said, not really having heard much about it because it's been suppressed. There's been a blackout of this information, Bannon said on his War Room show. The survey was carried out nationwide on May 8th, 9th, and 10th as Republicans on the House Oversight Committee gave the update on the Biden family's shady business deals. Uh, James Comer released a second records uh, memorandum that expands on the information it received from the subpoena returns. Uh, The memo outlines the Biden's family LLCs that they created, 20 of them or so. Lack of transparency regarding his family's receipts from the funds from China, which he previously said were not true. Details the efforts by the family to hide, conceal, and confuse sources of money, including money from China. The Republican investigators are under pressure to show results from their probe. Well, not only show results, but actually show that they can do something about it that's what people are waiting to hopefully see before they you know before we're all going home to the lord that's what we'd all like to see in some lifetime something actually happen we saw how easy it is when it's the other side and it's the former president being impeached twice over over i mean you look at this stuff and you go what well, he was impeached over what a phone call? So it's not only Republicans showing they can do an investigation, but it's showing that, you, that something's going to happen. You're going to bring, whether it's articles of impeachment or something's going to happen. That's what people get most frustrated with. We're sick of sternly worded letters. That's what people are sick of. Because, okay, great. But that's why I said when I watched it that morning, I was like, okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> yep. Right. Next.
1: Yeah. Show, show, show us what you're going to do with it, you know. Because let's face it, when when you talk about that that poll, that basically reveals that the old media guard is almost dead, right? Everybody used to get their news from ABC, CBS, NBC, right? That's how they that's how they sucked you in because they would provide you with some truth that was believable that you believed, just so they could sell you the bigger lie later. In the broadcast and they could do that over and over and over again that's how they that's how they created their credibility now that everybody seems most people seems get their news from social media whether it be twitter facebook truth social getter wherever they're getting it from because the the viewership of the big three and and of uh you know the the uh 24-hour uh news stations on cable those are going down Consistently. The end of this poll,
2: Rasmussen says oh. the numbers are just going to go up. Leak, yeah. leak, leak, drip, drip, drip. People are going to find out more of what Biden's doing. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night, just getting started. Lots to do. Sports and news coming up. Right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Look, Rick Scott Sports. Rick Delgado's going to do the news. Harry on the highway, spinning the tunes. Fran holding it down on the big board. The great Ben Berkwam's going to join us here at the bottom of the hour, talk about what's going on, really going on at the border. So that's coming up. Stay tuned for that. Uh, he's going to have a special Law & Border on tomorrow. I believe it's tomorrow. Uh, new edition of Law Border, 3 p.m., Root of the Invasion. And you know that's going to be fantastic. Ben does the best reporting at the border in the country. He's got the best footage. Let's you really know what's going on there. Saturday, 3 p.m., that's a must-watch. And that'll lead you right into coverage of the rally at 4 p.m., I believe. Yeah, yeah. 4 p.m., Make America Great Again rally from Iowa. President will be out there fired up after his town hall, I'm sure. We'll hear a lot about that. <laughs> uh 4 p.m on saturday so tomorrow is must watch tv lock it in on real america's voice three to four and then four to whenever the president's done ed and karen will um anchor coverage from west palm but ben will be i believe ben will be there david zier i know will be on the ground as well so it's going to be great coverage of the president's rally so make sure you lock it in real america's voice all basically all day tomorrow put it out you know if you're outside and it's gonna be nice you know just put it out there and uh do your stuff, but have it on in the background and just lock it in. Real America's Voice on a Saturday. All right, let's do some sports on a Friday night. And here with that is Slick Rick Sports brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, who I saw appealed uh, his, his ridiculous $5 million decision against him. I saw that he's officially appealed it. I saw him put out a post on that. So support Mike Lindell at MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B at checkout and then send us your receipt. Pick something out from our store, 6bmerch.com. We'll send it to you for free for, uh, as a bonus for support. Mike Lindell.
3: Slick Rick, what's going on? Uh, busy sports weekend. Big D starting out with some big game sixes tonight in the NBA. Knicks down in Miami taking on the Heat underway. And then at 10 o'clock, we got a big one in the Staples Center. Well, should, the Crypto.com Center, I should say, mm. out in downtown L.A. That'd be the Warriors looking to close out the Lakers. Uh, that series right now, three games to two. And the Heat are looking to close out the Knicks. Also, yeah. three to two. Knicks looking to force a game seven. That would be super. Sunday, uh, excuse me, Monday, check that, and uh, so we'll keep an eye on that, and the Panthers and the Maple Leafs up in Toronto underway, NHL action, a pair of Game 5. Isn't there already a Game 7 on Sunday? There is a game seven yeah. on Sunday. Holy <laughs> mother! Who's playing of God. in that one? Uh, that would be your uh, Philadelphia 76ers going up to Beantown. Oh, excuse me, Boston, and taking on the Celtics. That's going to be uh, interesting. That's a to be determined game. What will happen is if the Lakers win tonight, close out the Warriors. Maybe the Sixers will get an eight o'clock game, and maybe my mother will get a nice peaceful afternoon. I was going to say, are sister's.
2: you putting out like a uh, like a press release to all the females, mothers involved with your Sunday Mother's Day? They're actually going
3: to they're actually going no, to leash me to my back. My sister has a dog. They're going to leash me with him, keep me out there, and they're going to give me a radio to listen to the game because they don't want to hear my mouth going. All right, and uh, Oilers and Golden Knights, another good game. All right, Friday night, you know what that means? we got to go to the rodeo. We're going to go to Texas in Texas Rodeo, three-day event, started last night, going through Saturday, taking off on Mother's Day, Jacksonville, Texas, bareback riding leaders right now, Jacob Lees, 80 points on P Pro Rodeo's number seventy-two 95, ninety-five. I don't know what that means. Uh, Steer Wrestling, Denard Butler, 4.6 seconds, Team Roping, McRae Profili and McCoy Profilly, 4.9 seconds, the brothers Perfilly. Uh, Saddle Bronk, Jacobs Crawley, 87 points on Peter. Corporate rodeos number six seven six. I guess it's all in the numbers here. Tie down and roping. Carson call check. seconds. Bowel Racing, we got Alyssa Riley, 17.2 tenths. And last but not least, bull riding, Riggin shippy, 73 points on Lancaster and Pro Rodeos, number J007. And uh, total payout on this rodeo, a whopping $22,273. Like Rick said, this is the G League of Rodeos we were talking about earlier, but rodeo just the same Friday night. And if you live in that town, let me tell you, that's the only thing that's happening rodeo-wise. Hey, big news earlier today, Tom Brady linked to the Las Vegas Raiders ownership this is for Nick 387 in the get it chat I know Nick's a big Raider fan comments on them every night so they must be on his mind anyway you looks like you're gonna get old Tom Brady and he's got a history with the Raiders if you remember way back 20 years ago this is Eric Smithling of Yardbarker Tom Brady owned the Raiders as a player, so it makes sense he'd finally want some equity. ESPN's Adam Schefter and Seth Wilkersham report that seven-time Super Bowl champion is in deep discussions to become a limited partner of the Las Vegas Raiders. In six regular season starts against the Raiders during his career, Brady was a 5-1 and averaged 274.5 yards and two TDs per game while never throwing an interception. His most famous win against the franchise, however, came in the famous tuck rule. You know, there might be a Bud Light sponsorship in that one. Uh, In that game, in the playoffs back in January 19 of 2002, the win kickstarted Brady's playoff reign, while the Raiders only had two playoff wins since then, and none since 2003. ESPN reporting that uh, states that Brady's potential foray into NFL ownership won't have an impact on the 10-year, $375 million broadcasting contract he signed with Fox Sports this year, and is expected to begin cashing in on next year. A source told ESPN that Fox has blessed the arrangement. Could you imagine so you have an announcer who has stake in a team how do you call that game neutrally i have no idea well Um, you don't assign him to that game well that's a good way to get around it right but there's always some cross-pollination with games and certain you know uh, wins affect other teams so i think i find that to be kind of crazy so i'm gonna leave it at that big d but that's very interesting development tom brady in good old vegas imagine if he owns a team and then decides to Come back and play for the team. No, he's done. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. He probably is done.
2: I just saw that um, the Patriots invited him up there for opening yeah. opening yeah. week. There,
3: first time back in two years. He's not yeah. been back. I saw
2: that. Are they going to retire
3: his yep. jersey? Is that the deal? Uh, uh, well, yeah, no, yeah.
1: not that day. I don't think.
3: Yeah, well, that your craft, there, Robert Kraft's going to have him come up there. That'll be that'll be interesting. That's kind of a bittersweet for the fans up there. But boy, he gave them a lot, quite a nice run before he left for the for the uh, yeah. for Tampa. All right, That's so quick.
2: We'll do some more sports coming up. Uh Ben Burcom going to join us in the next segment to talk about the border. But let's do some news in the meantime. News is brought to you by our friends at Early Treatment Meds, earlytreatmentmeds.com. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going
1: on? All right. First, breaking news out of the White House. Uh, This announcement coming. It says the Biden administration now blames the Trump administration for the Biden administration. Uh, All right. Now, moving on. (laughs) Um, No, nothing. All right, thanks, Dave. Uh, Comer, James I, I, Comer. I thought, I
2: thought it was real breaking news for a second. No. I, I mean, if you tell me you're setting up yucks in advance. I would have played along. I didn't. Do do I don't
1: know. I, I, I thought maybe you were paying attention. Obviously not. No, <laughs> you can't
3: tell. You know, it's a problem. I was, yeah. he, 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 he's multi-flasking. I was,
2: <laughs> I was paying attention. I just it didn't hit me as anything to react to because it could be real. And it wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah,
1: you're right. It could. Be <laughs> real, and <laughs> it could have happened. Uh, James Comer says fresh evidence warrants investigation of Joe Biden for public corruption. This coming from uh, John Solomon. It's just the news. The chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee says the probe of the Biden family dealings has evolved from examining lucrative overseas ba- business payments to determining whether Joe Biden corruptly took policy actions to enrich the family. So when they're asking about, you know, show us the evidence, I think they're about to get to that evidence. This is an investigation, he said, of the president of the United States for public corruption, he told Just the News. In a wide-ranging interview uh, from yesterday, Comer, the Republican out of Kentucky, said his review of scores of suspicious activity reports, SARs, uh, flagging transactions involving business Businesses and partners uh, associated with the Biden family indicated that major banks had serious concerns about money laundering dating back many years. What about money laundering, he asked uh, on Just the News? Multiple banks in those violations implied that there was money laundering going on. What about racketeering? Racketeering is when you create shell companies and fake companies that serve no purpose other than to launder money. Comer's comments come a day after he released a 36-page interim report on what the bank reports show, proving clear evidence that Biden family members got at least $10 million from foreign interests, many countries where Joe Biden had U.S. policy responsibility when he was Barack Obama's vice president, including payments from China Directly. And if you want to read the whole uh, article, which uh, John has on the website, go to justthenews.com. All right, Ben Berkwam is going to join
2: us coming up in the next segment. And then we'll get back to news and sports right after this, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. (laughs) Bohemian,
3: absolutely.
0: look up to the
2: skies and
4: see.
2: All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night, Harry's coming in with James wow. Taylor. Right, where's my, uh, where's my, n- another cigar here for the day? <laughs> like another high noon. <laughs> down here, oh, man. <laughs> well, this oh, this is actually a good Mexico. choice, Harry. Yeah, yeah Mexico. Yeah, oh, perfect. Right, this, is good, this is a good, perfect choice because, Mexico. please welcome <laughs> to the show, uh, live from, I, well, no, I think the States, not Mexico. Uh, James Taylor. No, I mean uh, Ben Berkwam, the great What's Ben the Burkwaam. There he is, Mr. Burkwaam. How are you? Pretty much the same.
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. great to be back with you guys. Yeah, I, I just, I just made it across. Uh, yeah, and, uh, it depends on where you're at on the border, but basically, uh, you feel when you get across into the United States, you feel like you're still in Mexico. I was just saying, you know, I feel sometimes I feel safer on the Mexico side, but uh, I am on I'm on the McAllen side. Actually, technically in Mission, Texas. Uh, across from it just came back from Reynosa all
2: right so let's let's get serious here because obviously we know we all understand the disaster that is unfolding but I think a lot of people the reason I was excited to have you on is because I think getting just a first hand account there's a lot of video going around no one knows what's true what's old what's new what's this what's that we all know title 42 we all understand kind of what's going on but just give us the 30,000 foot overview from your eyes someone who has done the, the best reporting on this of anyone else in the country, yep. um, and what you've seen in what, what, the last 24, 48 hours. Tell us what's going on.
5: Well, I think I'll start with a, a, an analogy, and the perfect uh, one would be the, the, what you see behind me. This was President Trump's wall. This was actually one of the shorter sections of President Trump's wall, the 18-footer, that uh, they ended up extending to 35 feet. So look, Imagine double that, the size of the wall. This is the piece of crap that Joe Biden put in its place. Now, they had all the material for this to continue. This wall was going to continue down here where I'm standing now. They took all that material that you, the taxpayer, me, the taxpayer, that we paid for, and they destroyed it. And then they came back. They were actually challenged on it. People said, well, you're on a levee here. What happens if illegal aliens are walking on the levee and they fall off? So the only reason that you even have this garbage is because not only do, does Joe Biden not care about the illegals coming across and the, in, the invasion that we have at our southern border, he cares more about them than he does about American citizens. So they built this. They're calling it a retaining wall in place of President Trump's wall. They actually had to get new material for this. And if you see the, the, uh, the little bumper on the side there, the guardrail, they actually had to put that on it. In order to hold these pieces of steel in place <laughs> oh, because they didn't have any structural support to hold them up because they didn't have the anti climb barrier. This is how ridiculous this is. Uh, this is, the, I mean, it is. This is what Joe Biden thinks. President Trump, America first. Joe Biden, laughing stock, America last. But as far as it comes to what's happening on the border, I just came across from Reynosa. We have camps that are busting at the seams. In, in Reynosa, it's mainly Haitians. They're actually technically. Uh, from Chile and brazil they 've lived there for four five six seven years sometimes, but they got the invitation to come because the borders were open then they got up here and then they heard, well, wait a second if we come across and we and we do get deported they 're going to send us back to haiti so we're going to actually they're going to actually try to follow the process the CVP one so you have people I was interviewing today that say they're waiting to get uh, uh, authorized to come across the border because they don 't want to get deported back to Haiti. The uh, others that we see, I just came from Brownsville yesterday, and it's free for all. It's all in everywhere, people are coming across. You have some people applying for the CBP-1. You have others that say the hell with it. It doesn't work, we're going anyways. And then you end up on, on the, the US side of it, and it's all lies coming from Secretary Marcus and Joe Biden. Just about everybody's coming in. If they say the magic words, they're getting put on the list, they're getting handed a slip of paper, uh, they're getting uh, humanitarian, parole and allowed to go anywhere they want in the country. I witnessed 10 buses of illegals being dropped off yesterday within uh, the scope of an hour from the DHS Department of Homeland Security to the NGO the non-governmental anti-American leftist organization in Brownsville and then those organizations end up pocketing the money and transporting these people all over the country so as far as Title 42 going away honestly I haven't seen a huge difference the invasion was already ongoing, uh, but one thing it does is it just opens it up to more people. And we heard that from Secretary Marcus. they're expanding this CBP-1 app to not just four countries, but including now Honduras and Guatemala. And what we're seeing further south as we do our reporting down in Panama uh, and other places south of the border is there are just huge numbers of people now on their way up to the border because they've heard that it's, it's time to go.
2: Yeah. You know, you make a good point about since Title 42, we've heard <clears throat> we've heard a lot about Title 42. And I almost feel the more t- time I spend reading some things and looking, I feel like Title 42 has allowed Myarcus Biden administration to almost pigeonhole this discussion into uh, this big umbrella of only Title 42, which really um, is kind of very misleading because the president and Myarcus have broad tools Besides Title 42, it never really should have been – this Title 42 thing being this big discussion really is kind of misleading because they have broad tools to stop this. And realistically, the real problem here is – and, of course, the House Republicans passed H.R. 2, and it's not going to get signed into law, obviously. But red states and governors, absolute – and state legislatures in these red states absolutely have the ability to try to choke this off because – they're not staying at the border anyways, which is really the thing that you're not hearing as much talk about. The, these illegals are coming in, but they're not staying there. They're getting busted now all over the place they They'll be given these bags with cell phones. You're seeing this video where they're getting cell phones and then, you know, obviously on and into the education system. Do you feel like this Title 42 kind of talk has really pigeonholed this discussion into something smaller when it's really much of a broader problem?
5: Yeah, now one of the things, just as, a, as an example, is uh, Title 42, President Trump secured the border prior to Title 42. He secured the border prior to China releasing COVID on the world to steal the election and commit the final coup against him and against America. But uh, just, you know, he, he had secured the border. He didn't need Title 42. If you have a president, and administration that actually cares about the American people, you don't need Title 42. You have the authority as a nation to tell what people come in and what people don't. Uh, and you're absolutely right. The governors, Governor Abbott could actually declare the invasion on the southern border constitutionally. I absolutely believe he has the constitutional authority to do it, declare the invasion and use National Guard, Texas National Guard and Texas DPS to to not help people out of the river, but to repel them at the border. And until that happens. Uh, Really, Joe Biden's not going to fix this. Kamala Harris isn't going to fix this. Secretary Marcus isn't going to fix this because they're not the ones even running this. It's the leftist NGOs. It's the godless communist uh, leftists that hate this country that go around chanting no borders, no walls, no USA at all. They're the ones driving the ship. And so it's not going to come from them. It has to come from red state governors. And also keep in mind that the 80 percent was the last figure that I heard. 80 percent of the illegals that come across the southern border are going to red congressional districts. And what that means is they're going to be flipping Republican districts to Democrat. It's all by design. It's all controlled. Uh, Now, they do get to pick where they go, but I promise you, there are leftists that are pushing this from behind the scenes. And what these governors need to do, it's not just Abbott, it's every single Republican governor needs to say, we're not accepting another bus, we're not accepting another flight with illegals. If we get them, we're sending them back. You're not letting them into our state. And I, as you said, if that actually started happening, if they had the courage to do that, this would stop. Or at least it would create the fight that, that would the American people would hear about it. Right now, though, most people don't even realize this is even happening. If they don't watch our network or a few of the other ones that tell the truth about it, most Americans have no clue that, that people are invading their own little small towns in Bozeman, Montana, or, or the middle of Tennessee or West Virginia. This is happening everywhere.
2: Yeah, we've got to have red state legislatures, even if they're out of session now, they've got to reconvene. And these governors, along with the legislature, have to either pass legislation to say, our states are closed for business. If you come across the border, come here, no identity, no jobs, no benefits, no health care, no education. The doors are closed. We need that because, like you said, we're not going to get any help from the federal government here. It's going to be up to the red states and these red state legislatures to come up with something um talk about your special tomorrow i know you have another uh edition of law and border tomorrow what's coming up in that episode
5: well it's actually the first mini series law and border mini series we're doing we're actually we finally got the the footage from our Initial trip down to Colombia, the Venezuela border, and then we went across the Darien Gap and then went back across the Darien Gap and got in that firefight with the Gulf cartel and Cenafront. So we're going to be taking it. We're, we're really going to be doing Kamala Harris's job for her. We're going down to show you the root causes of this invasion, the socialist communist hellholes that people are leaving from and the incentives and organizations like the United Nations that are incentivizing this as they're profiting off it as well. So that'll be 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock Eastern time prior to the Iowa Trump rally. We're going to be releasing that one. And again, it'll be the first of a mini miniseries that, that takes you from Colombia, Venezuela, through Panama, and then ultimately back up here to the United States.
2: So what should the American people be looking for? Where are you going or what are you covering the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks? What, I mean, obviously you said you haven't seen a huge increase in the numbers. I suspect that they're going to continue to creep up. What should the American people who are, you know, obviously working all day, not totally paying attention to all this every second, what should they be looking for? What are you looking for? What's the next pressing thing? Um, is it just going to be what we talked about? These red states come up with something or what else are you looking for?
5: Well, let me, let me clarify that. Uh, it, I haven't seen a big difference, but the numbers were already massive. We're yeah. talking about the last several days, uh, each day over 10,000 illegals coming over. So as you mentioned, it's the title 42 is a bit of a red herring because we're already being invaded. You know, they, they, it's, it's basically, it's already happening. So 10,000 now, but we could be looking, my, my estimation, uh, if, if they don't do anything to stop this, we're looking at, you know, you could be anywhere between 10 to 50,000 people a day coming across very soon. That's why right, We're actually starting here. We started down on the Gulf in, in Brownsville. Uh, we're in McAllen, Texas, right now. We're going to be heading west and ultimately ending up by the middle of next week. I'll be in Tijuana, Mexico with Oscar Blue. So we're going to be making several stops along the way to, to check the barometer on what's coming across. And then Oscar's actually going to be heading back south to Panama to check the camps down there. I'm hearing that they're they're overflowing down there as well. So, you know, this is, again, this is the beginning or the continuation of an invasion. Six and a half million. I think by the end of this year, we're probably looking closer to 10 million between illegals that we caught and gotaways that Joe Biden has invited in. So we're covering that. Uh, and then, you know, it's just, it's basically getting that information out to the people. So as much as people can do to share this, to share the footage, to watch Law & Border tomorrow, Uh, and then to grab that footage and tag people, tag CNN, tag MSNBC, in fact, tag the New York Times, who, where we are in this episode, where we went in this episode that's coming up, they were there too, and they said nothing about the truth, the reality of what's going on down there. That's why we exist. That's why Real America's Voice exists, is to be the antidote to the propaganda leftist media, and we're going to continue to do that, so... Stay tuned. I'll be uh, reporting also from the border for the Trump rally tomorrow as well and then throughout the rest of the few days. And happy to come back on and join you guys as well. Always love to be with you guys. Well,
2: we love to have you on. And remember, folks, it's a two-part plan, right? Mass amnesty, which they're going to call comprehensive immigration reform. And then, of course, hoping that when and if anybody becomes a citizen, they repay by voting Democrats. So that's the two-part plan. Remember that. That's it. Uh, ben, please stay safe. Thanks so much for coming on. we love having you on. We'd love to have you on again.
5: Always my pleasure, and love you guys. God bless the Studio 6B and the Studio 6B audience—the uh, best audience in America. Love you guys.
2: All right, buddy, take care. Stay safe. The great Ben Burkwam well, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night.
4: All
2: right, Harry, I got you. I feel you.
0: All
2: right, we're back right after this. Live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Want to thank the great Ben Berkwam for joining us. Just fantastic stuff as always. Uh, Make sure you lock it in for Law and Border tomorrow, 3 p.m. Like you said, brand new show. And then, of course, at 4 p.m., you've got the uh, president in Iowa. But Ben will kick you off Law and Border, Root of the Invasion, 3 p.m. Right into the Make America Great Again Rally, Des Moines, Iowa, 4 p.m. Ed and Karen will take you all the way through. So lock it in tomorrow. Uh, what even is that coming up top of the hour? Make sure you stay tuned for that. But right now, let's do some more news uh, with the man who's on double duty today. And that would yes. be what even is that? And the news and some corny jokes on the side as well. And I don't that know what would, you're talking about. That would be Rick uh, Rick Delgado. What's going on in the news?
1: Uh, well, to, you know, to kind of jump off of what we talked about with uh, Ben Berquam, of course, the border under siege. We know Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has filed a lawsuit earlier today in federal court to stop the Biden administration from implementing a policy that would allow for migrants to be paroled into the U.S. without a court date. Hours after the Title 42 public health order had dropped and the policy had already been dealt a blow in the courts, Paxton, who who has filed over a dozen lawsuits challenging the Biden administration border and immigration policies, filed a request for a temporary restraining order. Uh, for the policy outlined in a May 10 memo. The policy would see migrants released via humanitarian parole, whatever that means, with conditions if the uh, Customs and Border Protection uh, policies facing, uh, or I should say custom and Border Patrol faces overcrowding. The memo would release migrants without a court date and without an illegal registration number. So basically... Um, it would be like just walking through a revolving door. Here you go. Just walk right out. Do not pass go. Do not collect a, uh, a, a court date. Just just disappear. I mean, it's basically the policy.
2: I mean, is there any difference between that and saying, "Oh yeah, they're getting court dates"? They're in two thousand twenty-eight. I mean, right. okay, what's the difference? There's no yeah. difference. It's and, no court date.
1: And, and there's no, no repercussions if they don't show up. Uh, the policy authorizes parole if a sector capacity goes above 125%, if agents apprehend 7,000 or more a day, which I think they're already above that, or if the average time of custody goes above 60 hours, which, you know, it, it should be way, way more than that. Agents have had multiple days when encounters have soared over 10,000. So, you know,
2: that's what Ben said. He's 10000 yeah. $10, or more a day. We're going to be on pace for
1: it's insanity. And it's, and it's all, and it all could be preventable if they wanted to. The laws are, you know, they, they sit there and they say, well, the, the immigration uh, system is broken. No, the government is broken. The policies, the laws are already in place. You just have to enforce them. The fact that they're not enforcing them, that's what's broken. So D.C. is proving to be, they're the ones that are broken. Turns out, you know, we're talking about uh, Hunter Biden. Uh, Well, check this out. Hunter Biden and his ex-wife Kathleen Buell's divorce attorneys, they were aware of the Romanian deals where the money came in. According to Comer, um, he discussed that the GOP revealed that on Hunter Biden's investigation, the media is ignoring the findings. Something that that the divorce lawyers did not ignore was the payments of money coming in from Romania. Divorce lawyers for Hunter Biden and his ex-wife were aware of the money hitting Hunter's bank account from the Romanian deal. At an email show. Um, appearing to contradict Buell's previous claims that she had her head buried in the sand when it came to Hunter's finances. Obviously, she didn't. During a press conference, James Comer revealed Buell was one of the several Biden family members, including Haley, that received foreign money. But according to these emails from 2016 and 2017, as they were re- reviewed from Hunter's abandoned laptop, the divorce lawyers were well aware of the Romanian deal money and discussed how they should divide it among the two parties. Man, this just gets getting better and better. Rebecca, Rebecca Sullivan, who's re- representing Hunter's wife in the proceedings, appeared frustrated December 15, 2016, in an email to Hunter's lawyer saying on the disclosures, help me understand why it is taking so long to get the basic information. Hunter's office confirmed a deposit of more than one hundred twenty. Th- $120,000 as funds from the Romania deal, Sullivan wrote. There's no reason to, to delay providing the account statements or all expenses since the end of the last statements. It's more than fair to ask for Hunter to immediately provide Kathleen with half. She wants half of the Romanian money. So, um, you know what, that Hunter Biden laptop, the gift that just keeps on giving, right? I mean, the, the, the story behind this poor little child who, who
2: couldn't choose her parents and comes into the world, and Joe Biden won't even acknowledge that she exists, ne- neither will the father, who won't even take care of her. We expect Biden to take care of the country or take care of us. He won't even take care of his own flesh and blood, this guy. He won't even acknowledge that he has seven grandchildren. If you ask her and Jean-Pierre how many grandchildren— the President has she won't even answer. Biden won't even answer. neither one of them want nothing to do with this poor little innocent four-year-old or whatever she is and i just ugh, oh, what a dis absolute disaster. All right, we'll do some more news. What even is that coming up top of the hour? Let's do some sports, and here with that is Slick Rick. Rick Amorani. what's going on,
3: pal? All right, well, recapping the playoffs, I have some absolute disasters here as well. The Hurricanes <laughs> eliminate the Devils with overtime goal in Game 5. This was from last night field-level media reporting. This is J- Jasper Foss tipped in the winning goal on an overtime power play as the Carolina Hurricanes eliminated the New Jersey Devils with Thursday night's 3-2 victory in Game 5 of the Eastern Conference semifinals in Raleigh, oh, North Carolina. Man. Frank, the tank,
6: oh. in, oh. <laughs> Frank yeah. the tank is in misery. Frank the Tank is in
3: misery. He's in the tank, all right. Devils uh, are gone. Mets are horrendous. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Life is tough. The decisive goal came 7 9 into the extra se- session with uh, Jasperi uh, Kotahami's, uh shot was redirected into the net. What an unbelievable play. That put the Hurricanes ahead for the first time in the game. Jacob Slavin and Brent Burns had uh, Carolina's goals in regulation and goalie Frederick Anderson made 27 saves. So, the uh, Canes are moving on to the conference finals. So we will uh, have a report on that on Monday after we see what happens over the weekend in the other other playoff game. But the Stars defeat the Kraken. They also take a 3-2 series lead. And this is also posted on Field Level Media. Uh, Rope Hintz had two goals and a uh, assist for the Dallas Stars in a 5-2 win against the visiting Seattle Kraken in Game 5 in their Western Conference second round series on Thursday night. Heinz uh, uh, has 8 goals and 18 points in the playoffs. Good good playoff run. Joe Pavalov had a goal and assist. Wyatt Johnson and Radek Foska also scored, and uh, Adam Lawson and Jared McCann scored. And Philip Gruber made 16 saves for the Kraken. Kraken host the uh, host Dallas. Um, that'll be Saturday night, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. 7 p. game, and that's game six. And it looks like Dallas is going to try to close out the Kraken, but that's going to be a tough out on the road. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens with that. Speaking of tough outs on the road, I'll get to the Celtics Sixers game in a minute. But the Suns eliminated from playoffs with embarrassing. Talk about a disaster. 25. Five point loss. Oh. Tim McMahon of ESPN saw this game last night after the show. Phoenix, for the second straight season, the Phoenix Suns were eliminated at home in humiliating fashion. Phoenix's 125 to 100 loss to the Denver Nuggets in Thursday night's Game 6 of the Western Conference semifinals was eerily similar to the Dallas Mavericks' Game 7 dominance at Footprint Center in the same round. Uh, the halftime deficit was 30 points. So, needless to say, they're talking about shipping off Chris Paul and uh, DeAndre Ayton. And, uh, you know, that's, that's terrible for Phoenix because I you know they, the fans there, they got a phenomenal fan base. The announcer, Big D, for the Phoenix Suns, 51 years. Talk about a 51-year run. And, uh, well, talk about a run. We know what we got to do. Sixers regrouping after tough game six. I can't even say it. Uh, (laughs) Tim Botemps, ESPN. Philadelphia, after watching the Boston Celtics close game six of the Eastern Conference Finals with a 14-3 run to walk out of Wells Fargo Center with a 95-86 victory and push the matchup with the Sixers to a game seven on Mother's Day, the NBA's newly minted most valuable player, Joel Embiid, said his team will be ready when this series resumes in 72 hours. Uh, They're a six and a half point underdog, the Sixers, and um, it's not looking good. They already won two to win three on the road in Boston. Here's a team that hasn't beaten Boston in the series in 82, and Doc, their head coach, yeah, good luck. He's lost eight (laughs) eight games when he had the opportunity to move on to the conference finals. Do I hear nine? I hope not.
2: My my (laughs) advice to you, Slick Rick, is to have a nice Mother's Day. Do not watch the game, and then I will either text you or FaceTime you. If I don't
3: hear from you, I know they're winning. <laughs>
2: yes. And that way you can enjoy <laughs> enjoy your day, and then you can find out what you knew was going to happen anyways when it's all done. That's my advice to you. But. Okay, good advice. Your cigar was good, by the way. You enjoyed that? I did. It was nice. very good. All right, live from Studio 6B, Hour 2 coming up. What even is that? Coming up right after this. studio 6 B, hour two on a friday night real america's voice glad you're in lots to do what even is that coming up here in a second slick rick is going to do some more sports in hour two rick delgado is going to do not only what even is that but it's going to do news as well friend holding it down harry spinning the tunes tonight on a friday night glad you're part of the show as always all our friends in the getter chat I saw a story come across my thing here. Uh, Slick Rick, I'd like you to weigh in on this. Uh, TMZ says there's an Arby's in Louisiana that has uh, just discovered a dead body found inside the restaurant's freezer. Really? Now, does this give new meaning to We Have the Meats, or what, what do you think this <laughs> I, is? I
3: think somebody had a beef with the guy, and that's what happened. <laughs> I don't know. How is that they possible? They have the meats, though. Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> my that Lord.
2: Is, wow. Woof. Yeah, hey, I'll take a uh, – well, hey, what's that back there? <laughs> Holy cow. So, I don't know. We'll have to follow up on that story. So, uh, we'll get to some more border news. I want to tackle in this second hour, if we have time, one of the – I mean, just like I said in the opening of the show, you can watch the press briefing room and try to figure out what she's saying that's not a lie instead of trying to figure out where the lies are. It's like, is there anything that's not a lie? Let's start from there. And one of the huge ones is, of course, when they continue to talk about the deficit. So – uh, Jim Garrity broke down the numbers. We've been over it before, but let's go over it again in, um, in an article today. So if we have time, we'll get to that. But right now, it's time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that, of course, is Rick Delgado with what even is that?
1: All righty. So you remember that time I told you that, uh, well... We're probably all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you've told
2: us that. Uh, I do remember that you told us we are all going to die. It must be it's a one theory. Of your, Another theory. One of your, <laughs> one, of your <laughs> one of your great uh, one of your great uh, yeah. yes.
1: Yeah. Said it once or twice. It could have been from what, maybe the first, what even is that, where I talked about this topic uh, from uh, way back August oh, 18th I of I 2020. Remember, I remember this? That. Look, a screen grab from it. Or mm. as we take our, our, our little stroll down memory lane, oh. August 3rd of 2021, mm, when Skynet. I talked about it as well. Yes. Or maybe Oof. even on July 26th of 2022. <laughs> oh, who could forget that? that one? When I talked about <laughs> it. Or even most recently on February the 21st, just a few weeks ago. Well, drop your rocks and grab your socks kids yeah because we've almost done it (laughs) yes now we are simply now we have to now we have to think about are we simply just going to be absorbed by this technology like the borg
3: i am locutus of borg resistance (laughs) is futile your life as it has been is over
1: yeah Sounds sounds like a lot of fun. Or (laughs) will our creation just decide, you know, on its own to kind of attack us? And, uh, well, you know. kill us <laughs> our own creation yes yeah. either way like i said we've <laughs> almost just like big diggin harry it. going at it yes <laughs> i was just going to say it's like harry
2: and friends yeah. the control room yeah. turning <laughs> <breaks. laughs> it's alive
1: well like i said we've almost done it and how do i know well then check out this from the piece well it's when uh, Jeffrey Hinton, frequently referred to as the godfather of AI, he just up and quits his job at Google. That kind of set alarm bells ringing. Why? Well, because he had this to say from this Breitbart article about, uh, about AI. Hinton, Hinton expressed regret for his contributions to AI, calling some of the risks associated with it quite scary. He also said, right now, what we're seeing eclipses what the amount of uh, knowledge a general person can have and eclipses them by a long way. Right now, they're not more intelligent than us, as far as I can tell. Mm. But I think they may be very soon. Um, Excuse me, but you can't tell. That means they're already smarter than you (laughs) because, yeah, yeah, you would think that the godfather of AI would be smart enough to figure out when someone was smarter than him, let alone all of us. Sure. He also he also described a nightmare scenario that involved a dictator. Hmm, I wonder what that might look like. <laughs> Giving chatbots the ability to create their own sub-goals and ultimately leading them to a quest for more power. Oh, yeah,
0: oh, oh. yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Yes, and that's the problem.
1: I mean, what could possibly go wrong, Right. Also, in the article, Yoshua Bingo or, or Bingio, another one of the so called godfathers of AI, I mean, geez, how many of them are there? Uh, he wrote that because of the unexpected acceleration in AI systems, we need to take a step back uh, <laughs> for safety. And Matt Clifford, the chairman of UK's Advanced Research and Invention Agency, said that Dr. Hinton's announcement underlines the rate at which AI capabilities are accelerating and that it's essential that the world invest heavily heavily and urgently in AI safety and control or else
6: control the matrix (laughs) is a computer generated dream world
1: that's what's gonna happen kids built
6: to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this
1: no no But don't worry, because it's totally safe. Yeah, you know, you hear it from them all the time. It's going to be great. AI, it's going to help us, not hurt us. And we're never going to have to do anything like, you know, something crazy like human experiments. That would just be crazy. That would be nuts. Uh, That would be unnatural. Blasphemous. It should even be against the law, they'd say. I can hear it now. We're all going to say see them saying the same thing. We're only going to use it for good. I promise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Until that someone comes back from the future and has to break to us the bad news. Dyson
4: listened while the Terminator
1: laid it all down. (laughs) Skynet. Judgment Day.
4: The history of things to come. It's not every day that you find out you're responsible for three billion deaths.
6: Oops.
1: He took it pretty well. (laughs) how else can you take it (laughs) yeah somehow it never seems to go the way they say they expected it to go right one day you know you take your son for a little chess tournament next thing he's being attacked by the chess robot because it didn't like your son's move because your kid was about to beat him and just wait until they start using it you know all this nifty technology for things like oh i don't know store security maybe Yeah. (laughs) Here it comes. (laughs) It just makes it real interesting because robbing the local store won't be as easy anymore. So Mm. I guess if you think about it, there is some good that can come out of this. I mean, let's face it. The bottom line is that with all the advancements in this technology, how can it ultimately really benefit mankind Hmm. in ways that we may not even think (laughs) of? But I bet some people already have. Plus, we do really want to be sure that we... uh, we, we do really want to make sure that we're on the hook to take care of all the, all the other people as well. You know, those people who, as the CEO of the tech company DeepMind calls them, AI losers. Yeah, didn't think so. Look, we always have to be on our guard because you know it. By accident or by design, this world could end up being a much, much different place than the one we live in right now. Mm. And that might not be such a good thing. Yeah. Daminator. Back to you. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, see, that.
3: see, here you go again. What? This is why. Uh, why? Uh, what? What right. happened? And I wonder why you guys have a thing going on here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always
2: have to be worked into the end here.
1: I don't understand. I mean, I thought it was a cute little play on words.
2: <laughs> I you know, Terminator. The Damonator. Yeah. I had Damon the video
1: Eater. of you attacking Harry. Uh, uh, yeah, earlier. that was great.
2: Oh, that was great. <laughs> That's exactly what happens during the commercial breaks in the control room between <laughs> Harry and Fran. That's just it. That's perfect. All right. Well, go, what Harry. even is that with Rick Delgado on a Friday night? Yeah. Very good. So scary um,
1: stuff. And you know what's yeah. even scarier is that um, this AI stuff. And, and I'll, I'll I'll send you some links, and maybe we can start playing with some of this stuff and show it to to to, to the viewers out there. There are some things that you can create with AI that, that, that will mimic your own voice. Or if you record people, yeah. you can take their voice and add it in and have it say whatever you want it to say. It's some crazy stuff. Maybe we could use it on Harry. Hmm. And make phone calls with Harry.
2: I don't know if I want those links. <laughs> Do well, I they, want those links? I don't. Th- I, don't I don't know yeah. if I want to start playing around with this stuff. Now you've scared me.
3: It, it's too much. It, it's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, so, they're scamming old people too. I heard, you know, an older lady got scammed. She thought it was her grandson calling for bail, and she sent one hundred and some odd thousand dollars to this this offshore company. Uh, unbelievable! She got scammed.
2: Well, that's. I mean, to be serious, that's the thing. I, um I saw Crazy. someone talking about the fact that come twenty four. When we get into the full election season, yeah, you know you're going to be fighting this kind of stuff all the time. It's going to be all the t- new new recording of tr- Trump uh, or DeSantis or whoever just dropped. Oh, Did you hear yeah. this? And it's like right. it's not, kind of, you know, how do you decipher what's real and what's not real?
1: Yeah, uh, and then of course you know with Biden, if he's still kicking around, hey, is that really him? Because he's really making a lot of sense, and those sentences <laughs> really sound clear. You're going to know it's fake, right? Yeah, well, with that, Biden, that, like, like we've already <laughs> we've just had the last. Three and a half years of we know what Joe Biden sounds like. He can't do numbers. He tells the same stupid jokes. He
3: can't enunciate.
1: He, yeah, he can't enunciate. Nope. He makes up words. Um, there's no way you're going to tell me he's going to be able to recite. You know, uh, uh, the it's Constitution sound like flawlessly. like William F.
2: Buckley. Yeah, well, there's a you're problem. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so. All right, very good. Uh, what even is that on a Friday night? So um, obviously Ben Berkwam joined us. Ken Cuccinelli put out a couple updates on what's going on at the border, at least of what he's been told. Uh, He says, I'm hearing encouraging news from law enforcement officials in Texas. According to our sources, the Texas National Guard and Texas DPS are locking down certain areas of the border completely. This represents a positive policy change. And if true, everyone in this country should applaud Greg Abbott's leadership. Texas does not have enough available law enforcement to lock down their entire border, which is why it's reprehensible that uh, Dade Felon killed HB 20. So now what? In the shadow of Greg Abbott's leadership on this issue, Americans should call on other governors to have the courage to step up and send resources and law enforcement personnel to Texas to be deputized by the state of Texas and deployed onto the border. Um Okay. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if I'm on the Greg Abbott's done a great job here bandwagon already, but uh, maybe it's a positive step. But I think his broader point and um, the broader point that we talked to Ben Berkwam about was that these state, red state governors and state legislatures are the only ones that are going to fully repel or at least try to choke this thing off. And these state legislatures, if they're not in session, have got to get back into session, convene a special uh, session. uh, And they've got to be tough. They've got to put, they've got to send a strong, clear message that we are not open for business for this. Whether it's, and, and they've got to have some, you know, it's got to have some teeth to it. Because other than that, there's nothing that's going to stop this. There's nothing that's going to stop this for the next two years. So it's going to be up to red state governors and state legislatures to get on the ball, and you better have some teeth in it, especially when it comes to fentanyl, uh, when it when it comes to transporting illegal aliens, that anybody helping them. I mean, you just you've got to have some teeth to it. So, all right, live from Studio Six B on a Friday night. More sports and news coming up. We're back right after this. like the blues on a friday night President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar-a-Lago home he said quote our currency is crashing and soon will no longer be the world standard which will be our greatest defeat in 200 years there are three reasons why central banks are dumping the US dollar well one inflation two deficit spending and three our insurmountable national debt 32 trillion dollars The fact is, there's one asset that has withstood famine, wars, political and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times, and of course that is gold. And you can own gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of our friends at Birch Gold. That's right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part is, you don't pay a penny out of pocket just text the word america send it to 989898 get your free information kit from birch gold they'll hold your hand through the whole process think about this when currencies fail gold is the safe haven how much more time does the u.s dollar have well protect your savings with gold with our friends from birch gold they have an a plus rating with their better business bureau Thousands of satisfied customers. Just text America, send it to 989898. Get your free information kit on gold today. Again, text the word America and send it to 989898. And you can get started with our friends from Birch Gold. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Let's do some sports. And here with that is Slick Rick. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our promo code, LFS6B, at checkout. Yeah, Man, you get some great savings with that promo code, depending on what you put in your cart. And if you support Mike and you buy anything, send us your receipt. You'll get an emailed receipt from Mike with all your shipping information, what you ordered. It'll show that you used our code, which we appreciate. Forward it to us. And tell us what you want from 6bmerch.com. Great stuff in there. That Slick Rick Sports shirt, that Crazy Town shirt, live from Studio 6B. What even is that? Harry on the highway. Whatever you want, pick something out. We'll send it to you for free as a bonus for supporting Mike Lindell. So, Slick Rick, what's going
3: on? here's some good sports news from a little earlier in the week that I didn't get a chance to report on, but will now. Trans runner barred from Olympics rips World Athletics' decision to maintain fairness in women's sports. This is Ryan Morrick of Fox News. World Athletics has banned transgender women from participating in women's sports at the Summer 2024 Paris Olympics to protect the female category. That means all the work the French native Haberdorf I have to get uh, Jean-Pierre to uh, replace oh, oh, uh, oh, 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 it Has done is all oh, for oh, naught. Oh, uh, oh, oh, the off-born oh, male has oh, been uh, has. looking oh. forward to running for her home country in France uh, training for the 200-meter race. The sprinter began treatment to transition as an adult and French authorities recognized her change in 2021. However, it means nothing for next summer's games. Dorf, uh, if I'm pronouncing it, is correctly, sounded off uh, on the WA's decision, according to Reuters, citing previous rules and regulations that said trans women and athletes with differences in sex development could run in events between 400 meters and the mile if their levels of natural plasma testosterone is below five nanomoles uh, per liter. Oh, man, this is crazy. And 100-meter and 200-meter sprinters were clear to race. Uh, so, I cannot understand the decision as a transgender woman. I've always been allowed to compete if their testosterone levels were below a certain threshold, Dwarf told Reuters. The only safeguard transgender women have is their right to live as they wish, and we are being refused that. We are being hounded. I feel marginalized because they are excluding me from competitions. Despite Dorf's plea, World Athletics has no regrets about its decision saying it is it was made to keep competition fair. Boy, finally the Olympics, who's been so darn woke all these years, finally starting to get it, eh? starting to click in. So it's good to see that. I thought that was some good news. Article went on a little bit longer, but uh, I'm going to cut it right there. And uh, well, uh, more good news on this as well, Big D. Uh, apparently here, uh, Ohio House advances Bill Banning trans athletes from girls' and women's sports. This is Lara Gwynn of Breitbart. Ohio State Republican lawmakers got a win in this in the fight against men competing in women's sports Wednesday when their proposed Save Women's Sports Act passed the state's House Higher Education Committee and will move on on onto the floor in the Ohio House of Representatives for a vote. The bill ensures that biological males cannot compete in female-only sports in Ohio, said State Representative Jenna Powell uh, from Arcanum, uh, uh, I believe that's the, t- the town, uh, the city, uh, who has championship the bill along with 30 Republican co-sponsors. The only Republican that did not vote for the bill and instead voted no along with Democrats is Representative Gail Manning from North Ridgeville. All of the state's Democrat legislators voted against the bill. Ohio's push to protect women athletes at the K-12 through and collegiate level puts them among the more than 20 states enacting or considering legislation banning transgender women from competing against biological women. In April of the, uh, of the uh, April 2023, the North Carolina House voted 73-39 with three Democrats voting in favor to separate sports by biological sex based solely on students' reproductive biology and genetics at birth, according to the AP. Again, this goes on as well with a lot of scientific backup, if you will, but the good news is, I think it's starting to click. Maybe not in every state, but uh, Uh, you know, clearly in the red states and my gosh, the Olympics in Paris. I'm Mm -hmm. glad to see them take a stand. That's good news for track and field. Good news for our women and anything we could do on the show. And me as part of sports to help champion that it just, it's just common sense. Like just about everything we talk about on this show. And that's a wrap in sports. Big D back to you. All right. So Rick. very
2: good. We'll do some more sports before we wrap on a Friday night. And of course we hope you all have a great weekend. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I'll say it now so I don't forget, most of all to my mom and the moms here of everybody here on the show. Happy Mother's Day. We hope you enjoy your Sunday and have a great time with family. Um, Nothing more important than a mother in a young child's life, two parents, mother and father, but mothers, uh, their connection with their kids is obviously in the work they do to raise these kids and work and everything else, and um, to my wife and to my mom and to all the moms and listening and on the show happy mother's day and uh hope you have a great sunday so
1: yes and, and i
3: think uh, rick you would echo those same sentiments correct would i ever i have to tell you my mother had me when she was 15 years of age so you're looking at a full example of a right to life child and that is me and i champion that for the rest of my life my mother gave up she was an excellent i did not know that she gave up her life fit my mother is 74 years old that's how old my mother is young woman she looks fantastic too and i gotta tell you god bless her 15 years old think about that back then my grandfather thankfully said nope have that baby diane and she did and man i'm here and, uh, uh, and maybe now, ma- maybe I, I put a good life together she's very uh, proud now, of me
1: 75 years she'll still kick your butt on sunday absolutely you make too much
2: noise <laughs> now does she ever do you ever walk in with a suit on and she say now ricky what are you wearing or is she all is she into your uh
3: my mother loves her son i gotta tell uh, you she she loves me she she loves me like a rock star hey harry you should play that <laughs> song right hey she loves me like a rock okay she yeah, looks she, at him and goes you've been going through my stuff again (laughs) no no. they used to me very good
2: um so we'll we'll save news here for when we get back i did notice this there was a a judge out of florida Uh, of course the white house is pushing back uh biden administration harshly criticized the decision by a florida judge of course it's out of florida on Thursday night to put a temporary restraining order on the emergency parole program blocking the government's ability to release some migrants into the country as they await legal proceedings to avoid overcrowding at detention centers. Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, told reporters at the press briefing that the administration viewed the suit by Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody that prompted the order as an effort to stymie the administration's ability to respond effectively. To a potential migrant surge at the border. Make sense of that statement. Yeah. Just try to make sense of how those two things mm. go together. Uh, the dispute comes as a pandemic era migration fo- Title 42 expires. Uh, the way we see it, Jean-Pierre said, it's sabotage, pure and simple. Now just just think about it. just think about this. That a judge saying, let's just slow this down before we start releasing tens of thousands of people into these communities. The White House says that's sabotage. Because they can't do it quick enough. They can't get to it quick enough. All right, live from Studio 6B, more news coming up on a Friday night. 6 b on a Friday night. Glad you've been a part of the show. The great Ben Berkbaum joined us last hour. To talk about what's going on at the border. Boy, did you see that video of Ted Cruz from the border? No. Oh, I didn't get a chance to watch reporter. it. that reporter? Well, if you didn't, here it is. I'm
0: the Republican members that are here today, what have you all done to help Joe Biden in this Okay. okay. All right, so that's a ridiculous and silly question. I want to commend you for being well, the media and telling bad. a Democrat policy. So let me ask you something.
1: Come on, man,
5: that's but, been going on for 20 years. Yeah,
0: okay, really. okay, hey, l- 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 me, let me, me all all let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. What rate of illegal immigration did we have in 2020? But you have been, Do you know anything? I asked you a question. Been in office? Do you know anything? How long have you been in
7: office? I've been in office 11 years yeah, now. And this is take the count in multiple administrations. Except your Okay, you don't get to argue with me. You asked your question. You
0: ask your question you don't get you want to hold a press conference you can media. do it over there you, have you? you want to hold a press conference you can do it over there how are you in Senator- so, so hold on i'm going to answer his question the talking point of the democrats which this media reporter happily parrots is gosh the problem can't be fixed there's one little problem with that it is an utter and complete lie in 2020 The last year of the Trump presidency, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. You ask what have I done? I've championed the men and women of Border Patrol. I've championed securing the border. I've championed Remain in Mexico. And we turned this problem around and solved it. And we went from Joe Biden inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. And the first day in office, he made political decisions to cause this problem. And you should be ashamed of yourself because you're a reporter and you're not reporting facts, you're telling lies. Joe Biden made a political decision and they turn a blind eye. If you want to know just how much they turn a blind eye, six weeks ago in the Judiciary Committee, I questioned Alejandro Mayorkas. I put up a poster board of colored wristbands, and I asked him, Mr. Secretary, what are these colored wristbands, and he said, I don't know, I have no idea. That was the one bit of his testimony that truly shocked me, because just about every illegal immigrant who crosses the border is wearing a colored wristband. They correspond to how many thousands of dollars the immigrants owe the cartels. And the fact that Mayorkas doesn't even know what they are, if you stand on the banks of the Rio Grande River, as I have done many times, you see hundreds or thousands of these wristbands laying in the ground. Sir, I don't know if you stood there, but I know Mayorkas hasn't because he didn't know what the wristbands were. And that means he hasn't talked to the border patrol agents either. It is immoral. And when those kids cross, the teenage boys who owe thousands of dollars to the cartels, the Biden administration flies them to every city in America. They fly them to Kansas. And there, those teenage boys are forced to work for the Mexican drug cartels committing crimes to pay off the money they owe. And if they don't pay it off, they'll murder their families. And I'll tell you, as bad as the boys have it, the girls have it worse. There are thousands upon thousands of teenage girls trapped in sex slavery. And yet, for those of you in the media who don't report on that, you should be ashamed. This is evil. And the reason you don't see any Democrats here If they can't defend this, they're counting on the press not to cover it. It's wrong. Yeah. Wow. Placing
1: into him,
2: Based Ted Cruz right there. Mm -hmm. Glad he
1: asked that question, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's listen to the media. You believe those? Oh, yeah. The way they frame stuff. Yeah. Come they on. all want to be Jim Acosta. They think they're, they're all tough and they're, they're activists. They're not media. They're activist propagandists. Yep. That's all they are. Exactly right.
2: Governor of Florida was out there talking about it as well today. Here's, uh, here's his response to a question on the border.
7: Well, it's just kind of what I said. We'd shut it down. (laughs) We would not entertain any of these bogus asylum claims at the border. First of all, when you do an asylum claim, you're supposed to go to a port of entry. This is not break into the country, then claim asylum. That's not the way it works. You also have to apply for asylum in in a safe country, your first safe country you get to. So if you have somebody crossing five countries to get to our southern border, that is not valid asylum. They would have had to have done that. So just rejecting that idea, uh, having them wait in Mexico, if they do have a potentially valid claim before that can be done, uh, you're removing the incentives for them to want to come to begin with. They're coming now because Biden has told them anybody can come. And once you come, you know you're going to end up getting uh, back... You also need to take all the people that came for Biden, and they do need to be sent back to their home country. There's no other way you can do this unless you're willing to send back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the common sense stuff, it baffles the left. It just baffles. The, what do you mean uh, not let them in? What do you, what do you mean? Th- there are laws already in place. Uh, how do you do asylum? Yes. Oh, well, they know that. They just say, well, how do we get the votes then? Right.
2: How do we get the future voting base of our, the Democratic Party? Again, if they thought Republicans were coming across the border, there'd be tanks, ships, um, guns blazing and
1: helicopters in the air. There'd be all. I mean, come on. Believe me, if Donald Trump showed up on the border with a bunch of T-shirts and hats and started handing them out, they would shut the border down immediately. Yep. <laughs> Maybe that's what he should do. He said he can go, look, I an did idea. it again. No, just yeah. an idea.
2: Uh, So one of the big lies. I want to just quickly cover this because I heard it in in the laughing as I'm driving, laughing at everything that's going on in the press briefing. And not uh, not that it's funny, because just I laugh because it's so outrageous. I just and she says it with such conviction. Um, And somebody questioned her on it today about this deficit. Well, Biden keeps telling us he's cutting the deficit. Well, the deficit this year is 1.8 trillion. He said, "What happened?" And she launches right in. Well, as you know, the president cut the deficit. And he just asked a question saying, well, the deficit this year is like $1.7 trillion, or whatever it is. So Jim Garrity put a piece together, looked at the numbers. And he said, President Biden offering on an update of the debt ceiling negotiations, said, I might not parenthetically in my first two years, I reduced the debt by $1.7 trillion. No president has ever done that. He says this, of course, <laughs> all the time. And he says, as most of you hopefully know, this is not even close to true. When Biden took office January 20, 2021, the national debt was $28.4 trillion. The national debt today is $31.4 trillion. That's an increase of $3 trillion. Biden has made similar false claims during his presidency with uh, enormous frequency. And it may surprise you that almost every fact checker has at least once called Biden out for these false boasts about reducing the debt, even CNN, even Newsweek, even the Washington Post, factcheck.org, PolitiFact. They've all called them out. Biden repeats, though, these inaccurate numbers often enough that just about all of those fact checkers have felt obligated to come out at one point or, not, or another and say, no, Biden does not have his numbers correct. Sometimes those fact-checkers have judged Biden rather leniently, but they all acknowledge that under Biden, the national debt has, of course, gone up, not down. Part of the problem is that Biden uses the terms deficit and debt interchangeably, even though they mean two very different things. The federal deficit is the amount by which the government's expenses exceed its tax revenues in a given year. The national debt is the total of all the accumulated debts because of the temporary nature of some of the extraordinary spending during the pandemic. The deficit has indeed gone down, uh, gone down some from fiscal 2020 to fiscal 2021 and from fiscal 2021 to fiscal 22. But so far this fiscal year, the deficit is higher than the same period last year. Biden has been called out repeatedly, and he just keeps saying it over and over. This doesn't make fact-checking worthless, but it does raise the question of how much the verdicts of the fact-checkers actually matter. Clearly, being called out by fact-checkers isn't going to change Biden's lies, nor is it going to get the White House staffers to tell Biden to stop lying about it. Biden gets called out for these lies very, very rarely, and there's little sign that voters seemingly care too much. So again, uh, you can continue to hear him do this in these crazy towns that we do and these speeches. He says, I cut to 1.7. It's just <laughs> utter nonsense. It's such utter nonsense.
1: Well, uh, the one part that he says is true is that no other president has done it, including himself. No one's done it. No one's cut the actual debt. The debt
2: continues to rise. And the deficit this year from what we spent to what we took in is. In the trillions of dollars. I think the first half of this year, I told you, it's already over a trillion dollars. 1.3, 1.4 trillion in the first six months. Kills. So again, it's just now watching the press briefing room is just, it's like, is there anything that she's going to say that's not a lie? That's how you have to go into it and try to find that out. Yeah. Most times you're going to come up short. All right, let's do some more news, and we'll do a little more news and sports when we get back. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on? All
1: right. Well, one of the people who's responsible for the uh, amount of debt and deficit that we currently have is Democratic California Senator Dianne Feinstein, who, as we announced yesterday, returned to Senate in an allegedly confused state. As she entered the Capitol in a wheelchair. I don't know if you've seen this picture. I know you have, Damon. Uh, But the 89-year-old lawmaker who's been absent from Senate for over two months due to complications from her shingles diagnosis. uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer greeted Feinstein outside the Senate chamber where she trembled and appeared confused and says, who the hell is he? Um no she actually said she actually said where am i going which is just as bad if you think about it yeah. uh according to the outlet i've got something in my eye she also said Uh, Then, of course, she was greeted by Schumer. Um, Three people who visited with Feinstein or familiar with her status said her illness has taken a major toll. Two unnamed sources who reportedly spoke with the senator said they're hopeful that she's capable of serving the remainder of her term, which obviously means she's not capable of serving the remainder of her term. But they did not seem sure that she could do it. Uh, Despite the senator's condition, Democrats have pushed for Feinstein to return to the Senate floor. Uh, even if they got a Wheeler in, as her vote is critical for approving judicial nominees appointed by President Joe Biden. Upon her return, Democrats on the Judiciary Committee approved six Biden nominees, so she's already back to her work at destroying the comp- uh, country. Three of whom passed on a party-line vote, and uh, the votes had to be put on hold, of course as we've talked about, because Feinstein has been absent from D.C. She told the reporter she's feeling much better. And as she was wheeled into the building along Schumer, the center has still experienced some vision and balance impairments from her illness. And her doctor recommended her take a lighter schedule, you know, something that, you yeah, know, like retire keeps her at home. Right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what else gets done. Hopefully not much. And she has to leave again because, she can only cause more damage yeah. uh, now that she's back.
2: Well, but as we said, you know, it may be for whatever she's hanging on for. Some, I mean, I've seen people say I support her staying because God knows what the replacement could be.
1: True. But it kind of, it kind of makes you wonder why is she staying? Like what what motivates a person? You're in that condition.
2: Well that she may need some trades, there may be uh, some stock things coming up, there yeah, may be some, some call recipes? call options she's got coming up or some puts on uh, yeah. Apple or who the hell knows? Right. Or
1: so some evidence she's gotta cover up. Who totally. knows? You're right. She needs a new
2: um needs a new drive, Chinese spy driver for the next <laughs> couple of years she won't know about. Who knows? It could be anything. <laughs> to drive her golf cart. Alright, we're back with sports and news. We'll wrap it up for a Friday night. cruise when you need them live from studio 6b <laughs> on a friday night best movie of the year zone, baby. i mean it's just if there was one song ever associated you just yeah. think of one thing yeah immediately you just, just picture a uh f-35 or something <laughs> going vertical Oof. with that song good one here that's a great um movie. Thanks for being a part of the show, as always. Hope you have a great weekend. Again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Slick Rick's been doing sports. Rick Delgado's been doing the news. Fran and Harry holding it down, as always. Let's do a little more sports before we wrap it up. And i got a great clip here of the great Thomas Sowell. Talking about the Federal Reserve, which is a nice way to end the week. We'll get to that in a second. Slick so, Rick, what's
3: going on in sports? Uh, I got something for you to do Saturday night, Big D. XFL Championship. We no, got the, the D.C. Defenders uh, coming out, and they're six-and-a-half-point favorites, Big D. This is uh, Yahoo Sports. Mark Drumheller, Yahoo. Uh, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, and Danny Garcia's inaugural season of the XFL's relaunch releases the finish line from <laughs> Inaugural and final. <laughs> Nobody's watching it. <laughs> Uh, the league's championship game will be played at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, where the D.C. defenders will battle the Arlington Renegades. It's almost like a Washington Commander-Dallas Cowboy game. This is the league championship game. The road to the championship couldn't be more different for the opposing teams. The defenders, 10-1, started the season with six straight wins, asserting themselves as the team to beat early on and holding down the league's best record after the entire season. After primarily establishing an identity as the league's most feared rushing attack, the defenders open up their second pa- their attack in the second half of the year and finishes the league's highest scoring offense. The Renegades, the league's lowest scoring team, faced so much adversity after struggling to find consistent production with Drew Plitt and Kyla Slota at quarterback. The Renegades traded for QB Luis Perez in week six. Perez brought the leadership and stability of the position that Arlington offense previously lacked. And uh, well, here we go. So we'll get that game tomorrow night. Big D. And like I said, D.C. defenders are six and a half point favorites. One more quick one. Malcolm and the middle star is now eyeing a racing career in nascar this is a story by george uh, Douglas of msn sports frankie muniz may be the best best known for his role as the lead in malcolm in the middle but he's been making a very different career switch of late he's become a racing car driver in recent years and is eyeing a run in nascar as the end goal while the iconic daytona 500 is the race he wants to drive in most of all. Speaking of GQ magazine recently, I should be on the cover. uh, And uh, underline how serious he was about his claims. Uh, This isn't a hobby for me. I want to race in the Daytona 500 in two years, which would make me the oldest rookie in the NASCAR Cup Series. That's his goal. Uh, I've been a big fan of racing my whole life. Who hasn't, right? Going to NASCAR and IndyCar races growing up. But then in 2004, I did a celebrity race in Long Beach and I won, crossing the finish line. That was the coolest feeling on the planet. So, yeah, Malcolm in the middle, looking to get in the middle of one of those races. Could you imagine with those guys? Yeah, good luck, man. I don't know about (laughs) that, man. Those are a lot of left turns. Anyway, that's a wrap in sports, Big D. Back to you. All right, Slick
2: Rick. Very good. Let's do a little more
3: news before we
1: listen to Mr. Thomas Sowell uh, with Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Uh, Here's a scoop for you. Joe Manchin is flirting with a presidential run. (laughs) Did you hear about this? Yes. Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat out of West Virginia, may not have announced that he's running as a third-party candidate for president. But he's acting like it. He took some time from his busy <laughs> Senate schedule to tell a gathering of Iowa business and community leaders that he's fiscally responsible and socially compassionate. Oh, yeah. uh, another hint that he's con- considering a potential third-party presidential bid. Uh, Iowa Democrats are furious with their national party for stripping their first-in-the-nation status from the presidential calendar. But Iowa voters still pride themselves on their ability, uh, if not their right, to judge candidates up close and in person mansion played to that vanity explaining his approach to leadership and legislation he said i believe the government should be your partner um, not your provider He told approximately 170 members of the greater des moines partnership when people say what's your politics i say i'm fiscally responsible and socially compassionate uh which i think most americans are and he also said please don't jump no i'm kidding so that's uh, joe biden um Joe Biden or Joe, Biden, Joe, Joe Manchin? Joe Manchin, I should Joe say. Joe Manchin, yeah. Considering, you know, throwing a monkey wrench into the, uh, into the works there. So well, we'll see what I mean,
2: happens. not according to the DNC, there's no monkey wrenches being thrown into anything because what are they going to do? They got their boy protected here, up and down, side and side, front and back.
1: But like we've always said, a third, a third party would be terrible for the Republicans. It would be even worse for Democrats. So you never know what's going to happen. How much time do you need for Thomas Sowell?
2: I'm going to play it right now. So the great Thomas Sowell, uh, this is from Stanford, courtesy of the Hoover Institution, talking about the Federal Reserve, which we've talked about a lot and uh, what they've done here. You see what's going on with banks. Uh, This is from 2010, but also true today.
4: All skepticism of the Fed. And I'm going to quote you. This isn't in basic economics, but a recent column. Quote, for most of the history of this country, there was no Federal Reserve system. There you go, that dirty trick of bringing in history. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, there was no Federal Reserve System, which was established in 1914 to prevent bank failures. But bank failures in the 1930s exceeded anything ever seen before the Fed was established. Close quote. If you could, if we could make you dictator, would you abolish the Fed? Yes. You would. Yes, I
6: mean, for, for, for the reasons I just gave the history. There's no, uh, you know, the Fed represented wonderful hopes, but but we've had so many programs that represented wonderful hopes that ended in disaster. Uh, I don't doubt that someone who was sufficiently uh, scholarly could come up with examples of where the Federal Reserve made things better. But the question is, overall, what was it supposed to do? It was supposed to not only prevent bank failures, it was supposed to prevent... Huge changes in the money supply, in particular, uh, great deflations. The greatest deflation in American history occurred under the Federal Reserve System. You know, there was a crisis in 1907. Uh, J.P. Morgan, the original J.P. Morgan, uh, called the other bankers into a room, uh, supposedly locked the doors, and said, we've got to do something, Uh, we're going to all collapse. And they did something, and they didn't all collapse. But but the but pe- the progressives were were shocked that one man could come in and take c- command of the situation, and especially someone who wasn't even in the government.
4: Right. So, but t- so what would you do? You'd move us back to the gold standard, or you'd let no, banks no. issue their own currencies the way they did uh, uh, up through the Civil War? Say you you could I could I could. Well, let- they weren't doing any of those things no. uh, as of the time the
6: Federal Reserve was, was created. We were on the gold standard though. But uh, it, it, whether we're on or off the gold standard, there's a, that's another whole set of arguments. There's no evidence that I can see that over this vast period of time that the Federal Reserve has existed, that things on the whole have been better. The great post-World War II uh, uh, inflation was fed by the, fe- by the Federal Reserve doing exactly what they're planning to do now,
4: namely buying up the bonds issued by the Treasury. Oh, but don't you have, I have to say, I wasn't expecting your answer to uh, to run in this direction, so I don't have questions, follow-up questions prepared, or you may actually have, I may actually have to think here in real time, but don't we have the example of that period from 83 through a couple years ago, that 25 years of economic expansion, we had only two downturns they were both very shallow and very brief and what you had was Paul Volcker whom Carter appointed but Reagan gave the freedom actually to ring inflation out of the currency he did that by the mid 80s the economy takes off Alan Greenspan does a reasonably good job and then at the end there's too much money in the but maybe 5 years of getting it wrong so you what got, Volcker did was undo the harm that previous Federal Reserves had done. <laughs> Including Arthur Burns.
6: Yeah, unfortunately, who was my right. teacher and one of, one of my much
4: admired. Right, right. So, but what would you replace it with? How would the currency, who, who would, how would the currency run? We,
6: we, we, we would replace it, we could replace it with what, what existed when it was created. Which was the gold, gold standard. <laughs> well maybe the gold standard but maybe not but i but there's no evidence that I, these what would you replace it things always bother me you know me I, when someone removes the cancer what do you replace it with
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly when you replace the cancer what do you you don't know, replace it so that's right. so true today a lot of that is a lot of that's what's absolutely going on right now yep. talk about the money supply and everything else All right, as always, we salute our military active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the show.
4: Yes, it is. Here comes the weekend.
2: Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Fran. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Have a great weekend. And we will see you Monday night live from Studio 6B. Happy Mother's Day, everybody.